Get lucky. Very appropriate. Feel fortunate to be here. Gareth Wheeler with you, and welcome to the debut of Toronto Today. Everyone likes alliterations, right? We're Toronto. We're proud. The show is about you, your teams, your city. Whatever's relevant going on in this city, we are all over it all summer long while the Leafs Lunch crew are on summer vacay. So you get to hang out with me. Mike Hogan will be stopping by from time to time. We'll have a good time 11 through 1 p.m. each and every weekday right here on TSN 1050. Good afternoon, Toronto. Hope you enjoyed a wonderful long weekend. It always works out this way. The best weather day is the last day. Yesterday, phenomenal. Today, beautiful again. So hope that you're doing well coming out of the long weekend. The best long weekend on the calendar, might I add. Like I said, we want you to get in touch with us at WheelerTSN on Twitter. The text is 105050, the email live at tsn1050.ca. And the phone lines, we shall keep them open as we want to hear from you. 416-870-1050, 416-870-1050, and toll free at one 855 591 6876. That is 1 855 591 6876. Plenty to get into what I addressed with off the uh, addressed off the top. I, I want to touch on Jeannie Bouchard as well. And today's the 4th of July. Here is your early reminder set your fantasy baseball team accordingly because the Nationals Mets. First pitch is like three minutes from now, and there's nothing worse in those daily leagues if you forget to set your team. When there's an early morning game, you, like most of the time, you have at least until twelve forty-five to get things sorted. You got about a minute. No, let's make it two minutes on the dot to get your lineup set up. I see Scrizzy scrambling back there right now as we speak. So it's the Fourth of July, and there's all kinds of dysfunction going on south of the border. We know that, but America is great at a lot of things, and they give a lot of gifts to not only Canadians but the world. So we will celebrate America the good a little bit later on. What are the best things to come out of the U.S.? Whether it's a person, whether it's a product, whether it's an an idea, whether it's a concept, we'll pay tribute on this 4th of July uh, a little bit later on to close out the show. But let me know your thoughts in the meantime. Send in your suggestions at WheelerTSN on Twitter. I, I mean, we, we did a great job celebrating Canada's 150. The fireworks over the weekend were incredible. Seeing them launch off the top of the CN Tower was quite the scene. You had Drake do an impromptu show at Nathan Phillips Square. That's amazing. The only thing I didn't get was that big rubber duck. I, I have no idea what that was all about. Duck selfies everywhere. Like the duck face selfie was something completely different than taking your picture with a big yellow rubber duck in the background. And and now it's going, gone on tour? It's like U2 or something. People are going to follow it around. It's going to go up to Owen Sound. Downright bizarre. So So the duck was big in the city of Toronto over the course of the weekend. But it wasn't the biggest thing that happened. And that was the Maple Leaf signing... Of Patrick Marlowe. And, and there, this is where I want to go with this topic, and I want to hear from you first. How much did the Maple Leafs improve themselves after signing the three players north of the age of 36? I call them the 36-plus club. Patrick Marlowe, Ron Hainsey, and Dominic Moore. 
416-870-1050. And toll free at 1-855-591-6876. Patrick Marlowe is a big name. Ron Hainsey is a player we saw play and win the Stanley Cup with the Pittsburgh Penguins over the course of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And Dominic Moore is, being a, is a former Toronto Maple Leaf, a real likable guy around these parts who can still do a job as a fourth-line center. So on paper, if you look at things, if you look at the names, if you look at the familiarity of all three, you say to yourself, yeah, okay, I can wrap my head around this. It makes a whole lot of sense. Maple Leafs, I, I, I mean, I think we all want to see them make a little bit of a push now before the likes of Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander are off their entry-level contracts. The Chicago Blackhawks had success early with Kane and Taves going to a Western Conference Final year number two and winning the Stanley Cup in year number three. Now, that's not going to happen for every team. And the Chicago Blackhawks were a team with a very good back end and some very good players like Marion Hossa around them. But the Maple Leafs, there is some kind of window. I don't think it's the only window in the house, but there's some kind of window that what I subscribe to is a healthy medium with and applying the, the mindset that you don't want to mortgage your future, you don't want to do anything stupid, but you can address some team needs now without completely butchering yourself or putting yourself in a place that you don't want to be in a few years from now. And, and the Maple Leafs, by making these moves, yeah, I don't love the Marlowe contract. I think they completely overpaid 6.25 AAV for three years for a guy that's 38 entering the season. More on that in a moment. Ron Hainsey probably overpaid $3 million for that defenseman. Although you look at his track record over the course of this last year, played a lot of 20-minute games. He could log ice time. Like He looks painful at times, and he looks like he's going to trip over the, his own tongues of his skates. But he can be effective. No nonsense. Perhaps he can be more of a stay-at-home guy. And, and the comparable is he's going to replace Matt Hunwick. Okay, we shall see. He's 36 years old, people. 36. And then Dominic Moore, one-year contract, cheaper option to Brian Boyle. I'm, I'm a bigger fan of Brian Boyle, the player, but again, fourth-line center, got no problem with Dominic Moore, especially $1 million for one year. But the question is, how much has this Maple Leafs team improved? And, and this is why I approach the signings with a little bit of skepticism here. And it's not because I'm a Debbie Downer. It's not because I'm being negative of the direction of this team or where they're at or where they're going. But Father Time has an undefeated record. Like Floyd Mayweather's 49-0. Father Time is like a gabillion, trillion, gazillion and oh. Everyone succumbs to Father Time. And the clock is ticking on a player like Patrick Marlowe. And say what you will. And, and maybe he's in very good shape for a 38-year-old. I've, I've, I've heard all this. He's going to be 38 to start this season. But to just completely dismiss the fact that a 38-year-old is winding down his career, that he's not a player that you, that you would have seen two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, five years ago in his prime, I worry that the Maple Leafs paid for the player he was rather than the player that they're getting. And we've seen other 
aging players in this league in recent years who have been star players fall off a cliff at around the age of 38. Shane Doan, Jerome McGinley, Zdeno Chara, he's still a beast, but even he is slowing down. He is not the same player. Scott Cullen on TSN.ca. Our analytics guru, if you will, brought up the fact that over the past three seasons, Marlowe has averaged 1.35 points per game per 60, sorry, per 60 minutes during five-on-five play. And that's the same as Alex Burrows and Nikolai Kuhlman. I'm sorry, neither one of those players are worth north of $6 million. Marlowe's shot percentage last season was 14.2, his best rate since 2009-2010. He only generated 2.32 shots per game, his lowest since 2002-2003. So if that shooting percentage continues or does happen to drop, will the same production be there? And remember, he played with very good players in San Jose. Arguably the best passer in hockey in Joe Thornton. Pavelski, Couture, we can go down the list. That was a team that was built to win the Stanley Cup. Or at least make a run to the cup final like they were in a place they were two years ago. And this San Jose Sharks team, who is still very good, who has salary commitment to Brent Burns and Mark Edward Vlasic and others, I get it. But they wound up splashing 8.3 for Joey Thornton to come back for one year. And Pierre Lebrun put this out. He believed that the Sharks were standing pat, standing firm on their contract offer to Marlowe, which was two years, $10 million. $5 million per. So the Maple Leafs not only went another year, they gave the guy $1.25 million more than the Sharks would have. And, and listen, it would have been a feel-good story in San Jose. You could have spun it any way you wanted. A guy who started his career in San Jose, being able to finish the job there, being to you know, be a lifer in the Bay Area. He's scored over 500 goals like he's done almost everything there is to do but win the Stanley Cup. And the Sharks quite clearly drew a a line in the sand as to how far they would go. The Maple Leafs were willing to go over that, and I question why. And I, I, I don't mind the mindset. I don't mind the thought process surrounding or involving bringing in some veteran players. I think this was the way to go. Short contracts for, for, for some experienced players who can help this team now. But I just really question how much a 38-year-old winger is going to help this Maple Leafs team. And that is only because of his age. Please tell me the scenario. Please tell me the time where a player at 38 went to a new team and got better and improved. It just doesn't happen. The NHL, professional sport in general, because of the speed, because of the physicality, it's more and more, more and more so skewing to be a young player's league. Young players can succeed now like never before. Look in the top 10 in scoring in the NHL, goal scoring, in over the course of last year, there was not one player north of the age of 30 in the top 10. The first player north of the age of 30, and this isn't north of the age of 36, this is north of 30. The first player that showed up on that goal-scoring list was Alexander Ovechkin. He was 31. 
He had 33 goals, seven less than a 19-year-old Austin Matthews. Like, look at the list. I think it's undeniable the league is skewing young, yet the Maple Leafs here have gone in another direction. And I think it's completely relevant because they're in a very difficult division. Look, the Tampa Bay Lightning aren't going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning from last year unless injury strikes, injury hits. They became a bit of a disaster as they were missing so many key players. Namely, and first and foremost, Steven Stamkos. The Lightning should be a better team next year. The Florida Panthers, young players decimated by injury, dysfunction at the start of the year. They should be a better team. It's a competitive division no matter how you slice it. And have the Maple Leafs added enough for you to indicate they are markedly improved? That they can fill this gap while they're still practicing patience, still want to develop, still want to stockpile assets, and there's so many on this team. There's a glut of wingers, almost too many players at present time, and that's why I'm surprised the Maple Leafs didn't add, take on salary via trade, rather doing it the way that they did. And, and that's what I can't wrap my head around. It's not that they added veteran players. It's the age by which they did add 38, 36, 36. And how much that's actually going to improve this team. Have your say, 416-870-1050. That is 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. That is 1-855-591-6876. The text is 105050. The email is live at tsn1050.ca. At Wheeler TSN on Twitter. How much do the Maple Leafs improve by bringing in a Patrick Marlowe? And am I within reason? Am I being reasonable the fact that I have some skepticism, some reservations about this signing? I know the Maple Leafs have been there, done that before, bringing in veteran players to this team prior to there being a cap era. And the reviews generally came back thumbs down. I know names are exciting. Especially players who have won for Canada that Mike Babcock's familiar with. But does the age of 38, should that distract me from what the potential of a Patrick Marlowe signing can do, can mean, and can bring this Maple Leafs team? 416-870-1050, toll free at 1-855-591-6876. Gord Miller, the voice of TSN Hockey, will join me in 15 minutes' time. Let's start things off in Peterborough. What's going on, Keith? Welcome to Toronto today, pal. Hey, Wheels, how are you? Good, buddy. Uh, so am I within reason to be a little bit skeptical of signing three 36-plus-year-old players and expecting the team to be markedly improved? It's fine to be skeptical about it, but I will tell you this. You know, there are about six or seven rookies on this team. Uh, you know, there's a, something called the sophomore jinx. I think bringing in those veterans right now to help them through that. We have a lot of talent right now, but they needed something to help them gel. You know, I think Marlowe can be a top nine forward for at least a couple of years. The third year might be a little bit too much, but it's going to help these guys get into those prime years that they're going to need. So I actually think it's a great strategy because they were going to need something to help them through what, you know, it's going to be a bit of a hangover this year. They made the playoffs unexpectedly. They're going to need something to stabilize them. Marlowe is a proven veteran. Uh, Haynes is going to be, a, you know, a bottom third pairing defenseman. They still need a number four, uh, top four defenseman, so I don't think they're done. But I think it's going to help them with their youngsters 
grow because uh, I think it was inevitable. If they didn't bring something in, they were going to struggle. I, I understand where you're coming from, and I, I agree with the premise, Keith. This is what I have a hard time reconciling. This isn't just a veteran player. This is a 38-year-old player. And if they cannot or stop being productive on the ice, it doesn't matter what kind of good guys they are, what kind of leadership <clears throat> leadership they can provide. Sorry, uh, and and all that good stuff in terms of intangibles. You want the guy to be able to skate. You want him to be able to score goals. You want him to be able to be physical, contribute on the power play. And thus far, Patrick Marleau has been able to do that, despite him five on five, his numbers decreasing or dipping to a certain degree. But I just wonder when that switch is going to be hit, when the player could fall off the cliff and completely lose it, because it happens with all players when they reach a certain age. And 38 is dangerously close to that mark for me, if not already there. You're, you're right, but we never know when that switch is going to happen. You know, we could have, we could have got a 34 year old and that switch could have happened the year after. True. You know, I would say he has, he has a history. He has a history with Babcock. He kind of knows a little bit what he's getting. I say he has a history of being on winning cultures, although not Stanley Cup winning cultures. I think he has a history of, you know, goal scoring. I think he's going to be a good complimentary winger. Uh, and I think he's going to give that support that I think is really, really important, and it's proven. So, you know, I've heard people talk about getting Kunitz because he was cheaper, blah, blah, blah. But fact of the matter is, Marlowe's winner. You don't know when he's going to drop, and, and if we did, you know, we'd be rich. But at the end of the day, you know, they know someone with a history, and they know what he's going to give them, and I, I think it was a good bet. And let's be honest, I'm happy they didn't give up assets because now they can save these assets for something else they might need. Okay, and, and hopefully they'll have enough salary cap space to absorb whatever move they do make. I still think they need another right defenseman, right-handed shot, and we'll see if they're able to land that considering the move and the salary that they just took on by, in my opinion, overpaying both Marlowe and Ron Hainsey. Thanks for the phone call, Keith. Really appreciate it. Uh, Moots hit me up. Six-plus for Marlowe is a bit high, but intangibles make it worth it. Great veteran to teach youth. No focus will be on him. Just go. Go out there and play. 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. Let's go out to Waterloo. Matt, you're on TSN 1050. What's going on today, Matty? Hey, Wheels. Uh, a great topic. Um, yeah, I'm going to uh, echo a little bit of the comments of the previous caller. Uh, I wasn't sure you know, how uh, in favor I was of particularly the Marlowe signing at first, but the more I look at it, the more I think it was genius. Um, for a few reasons. I agree with the previous caller. This guy is, uh, has elite skating and speed, even at the age of uh, 37. I guess he'll be 38 when the season begins. That history with Babcock, that leadership, um, you know, the ability for him to slide up onto that left-wing spot with Matthews and bring Hyman back down to a more appropriate role. And think about this. You know, to leave speed out Anaheim for Patrick Marlowe's services, along with San Jose, now Anaheim's looking for a top six forward still. Might they partner with the Leafs? And now you're looking at the potential of a Vatnan or Montour, one of those defensemen that they still have a surplus of over there. So I still think there's another shoe to drop. And I do think uh, getting to your main topic of the age, Hainsey led the Penguins in playoff minutes at the age of 36, and they won the Stanley Cup. I'm not concerned about him. Dominic Moore is known as a guy in elite uh, physical shape. Same with Marlowe. So there's 36 and then there's 36. These guys 
probably play like they're a few years younger. I, I get it, but Matt, you would agree with me that this is a young man's league. And although Marlow can skate now, who knows when he's going to lose that step. And if I'm a betting man, I'm going to bet sooner rather than later. Like, he's 38 years old in a league that's being dominated now by teenagers or players in their early 20s. Like, this is a different NHL. It's a different place. I appreciate he's still a good skater. But when you lose that step, you can lose two or three pretty quickly. I want you to ask one question, though. Why is it a young man's league? It's not just because of legs. It's because of the salary cap. That's why it's a young man's league. But at the same time, these young players are having so much success, Matt. Like, you, it's undeniable that young players are being forced into bigger roles, bigger positions. You're right, because of the salary cap. They've taken away jobs from good old veteran players, but also teams have realized they can compensate based upon team speed and team speed alone. That's one of the reasons why the Maple Leafs were such a difficult team to play against last year. It wasn't just the fact that they stayed healthy, which they did. It was the fact that they could skate most teams off the ice most most nights, and I just hate by taking a step back inevitably with players who are losing a step and not progressing in their game, if that makes sense. It does. It's not like they signed Jason Allison, though, with all apologies to Allison. I mean, Marlowe, again, is an elite speed guy. I was encouraged, as everybody was, with what the Leafs offered last year. That rookie class was unbelievable. But let's, let's agree, that was a one-off to date. Until it's been done two years in a row, uh, maybe there is a sophomore jinx coming. And balancing it with some veterans is a good call. Good stuff. Thanks for the phone call, Matt. Appreciate it. We'll continue to take phone calls up until the top of the clock. 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. The text is 10-50-50. Aaron saying he's going to help the Leafs more than Hyman. Well, let's see what the line combinations are. Dave Poulin guested on Naylor Landsberg this morning, suggested he might play alongside Nazem Kadri. He's a player that can fit in in the top six, absolutely. But we'll see what sort and what kinds of line combinations are put out there by this team. Carson, or uh, Matt, a different Matt saying, just calm down. He's a proven player. That's what we got. There's cap space and time. Lou knows it all. Listen, this front office has done a lot. There's a lot of reason to trust the process, trust what they're doing. Look, the draft picks of Nylander Marner, both aces. They lucked into the fact they won the draft lottery and got Austin Matthews. Now the heavy lifting starts for me. It's how you can move those peripheral pieces and put them all together so the puzzle comes together and turns into a winner. And I think some of us forget 38, the age does matter. It does. Saying it doesn't matter is extremely naive. Name me the player at the age of 38 that's improved, that's got better. It just doesn't happen. That's not to say that Marlowe won't be productive, that can't be a useful player on this Maple Leafs team, because he can't. I sure hope that he can, but there's no slam dunk here. At Wheeler TSN, the text is 105050, the email live at tsn1050.ca. Gord Miller, the voice of TSN. Last Monday on Leafs Lunch, I sat in for Andy Petrillo. He used the line that the Maple Leafs needed to be patient. They had to let the cake bake. Well, does this indicate that the cake's still in the oven, or has it been taken out prematurely? Gord Miller joins me next. Welcome to Toronto Today. I am Gareth Wheeler, and this is TSN 1050. Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Then good old 
the day that I die. It's uh, the 4th of July for our friends south of the border. Disgusting hot dog eating contests are about to come up. That is way too much meat for one sitting. That's one of the bad things about the U.S. of A., but we're celebrating America the good today. Send me the best things to come out of the United States. At WheelerTSN on Twitter, the text is 105050. The email live at tsn1050.ca. We'll pay homage, we'll pay tribute to close out the show here today. There's one obvious answer, and yes, we are going there. AM34, he will be a big part of the list that we're going to be bringing to you a little bit later on. Welcome to Toronto today. Gareth Wheeler with you. Leafs lunch on summer vacay, but that doesn't mean the Leafs talk stops. A ton of feedback coming in. I'm going to share a lot of your texts and tweets on the Patrick Marlowe signing on the 36-plus club that the Maple Leafs brought on board over the course of the weekend. Uh, What does that indicate? How productive will these players be? We shall soon see. It may be somewhat of a surprise that these signings at these ages were made by this Maple Leafs team. The term, though, probably makes a lot of sense for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, My next guest was on Leafs Lunch when I was filling in for Andy Petrillo last week, and he used the line, the Maple Leafs needed to be patient, they needed to let the cake bake. Well, is the cake still in the oven? The voice of TSN Hockey, Mr. Gord Miller at G Miller TSN, joins me on the line. Is that cake still in the oven, Gord? It is, because they didn't make a long commitment here, right? I mean, there's no five, six, seven-year deal. So I would say they have. They've been patient to an extent. They haven't surrendered assets to trade for players, and they haven't signed a long deal. So with a 30, well, 37 going on 38-year-old Patrick Marlowe, should there be any reservations based upon age and age alone? Uh, the, only, the only reservation I would have is that under the NHL CBA rules, the contract counts against Toronto's cap no matter what. So if he retires... Um, the only two exceptions are if he's traded or if he is injured. Other than that, the, the salary counts against the cap. So in the first year when Matthews and Marner have to have new contracts, Marlow would, would theoretically be on the books. Now, because so much of this contract is signing bonus, th- there wouldn't be much point. I mean, you could trade them pretty easily to a team trying to get to the cap floor, right? Because you only have to pay them. $1.5 million in cash, right. and he counts for 6.5 against the cap. So that was why Brian McCabe went to Florida all those years ago, because his cap number was 575, but he's only owed $3 million. So you, you, you pay $3 million and get almost double that against the cap. Right. So and, I, I, don't, I don't think this is a bad gamble. Um, you know, Marlowe's a very durable player. Hasn't missed a game, I think, since 2009. He's been a very consistent performer. He's He's got size, speed. Yeah, I, I think it, it would tell you somewhat that the Leafs feel as though, you know, there's a chance to do something now as opposed to waiting. Right. And, and, and perhaps the way the contract is structured shows you they believe that Marlowe can still be that very productive player over the short term. By the end of the contract, we'll have some flexibility to figure things out. Exactly. Okay. But, but, but the point is that, that he's on your books even if he retires. And that's where, and, and, and that's where you, you and I had this conversation last week. I, I always thought they could find that healthy median between 
kind of committing too much of your future towards making your team that much better now. Right. And, and, and and doing something to at least incrementally or somewhat improving your team, which I I believe they have a little bit by making these three signings. It's just the ages, Gord, that I just cannot wrap my head around just because we know where this goes in professional sports today. These leagues are skewing younger and younger, yeah. and when you bring in three players north of the age of 36, you have to wonder when they're going to fall off that cliff. Well, but, I mean, how committed are you to them? I mean, you know, I mean, put it this way, Alexander Radulov, you know, I mean, Dallas is committed to a guy who will be 35 at the end of that deal. I'd be much more comfortable being committed to Patrick Marlowe at age 40 than Radulov at 35. Sure. Um, What what have you seen out of Patrick Marlowe when calling his games? Like, have you seen a a pronounced dip in form? Have you seen him starting to show his age? No, not at all. I think he's, uh, he has been a, a remarkably productive, uh, reliable player, uh, very consistent. The, the knock on Marlowe would be, and I don't know how fair it is, that he, he doesn't elevate. That there are times that you, you want more out of him, that, that he would leave you wanting more. But he's been a consistent 25-goal guy um, who doesn't get hurt. He's a, a very solid person. He's a very uh, you know, a, a solid citizen. Um, I think he'll he'll bring an element of that to the Leaf locker room, which will help. Um, no, he's a terrific he's a terrific player. He's you know he's probably the greatest player San Jose's ever had. Um, can you hang it on him that the Sharks have underachieved all those years? I don't think you can. Um, but I, I think when you look at Patrick Marlowe, if you're expecting a guy who's going to go out and, and you know, get you a hat trick in Game Seven. That might not be the guy. He's a guy who's going to score pretty consistently. Gord Miller, the voice of TSN Hockey, joining us here on Toronto today at G Miller TSN. Um, the number six point two five per. Did that surprise you, Gord? Considering Pierre LeBrun reported that the Sharks were only willing to go two years, ten mil. Yeah, the, the Sharks only go to, to two years. So you knew that if Marlowe was going to get the third year, he'd look at it. Um, I think. I think what it tells you, though is that around the NHL, and certainly Joe Thornton was interested in Toronto as well, that, that people look at the Leafs as a team that has a chance to win short term. And, and so Marlowe would look at it and say, you know, I'm willing to pull up stakes on San Jose where I've been my entire career, but I'm going to a place where I might have a chance to win. Which is a, and, gr- which is a great point. And, I, and, and this is what the, where the conversation has turned after the signing of Marlowe. Is there another move to be made? And JVR's name is thrown out there. But I would argue the team without JVR would be worse off over the short term. Well, but the question is, what are you getting back? Right. The, Leafs, uh, the Leafs have only spent money so far. They've not surrendered any assets. So, you know, if you want to get into the Sammy Vatman sweepstakes, now you're talking assets. Now you've got to take something off your team. And, you know, the Leafs have tons of cap room. You know, they, they've still got Lupul um, on LTI, right? And... Um, Nathan Horton, right? I think, I think Nathan Horton's still in their cap, isn't he? He is. Yep. Yeah. So um, they've got, you know, they've got some room now. They're going to run out of room here in two years. That's where the squeeze is going to come. Is in two years. So um, if, if they're if they're going to surrender, I, th- I think what would tell you if the Leafs are going all in on the now is when they start surrendering assets to add players. And that would have to be on the back end. Correct. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I mean, Ron Hainsey, he had a great run to the to winning a Stanley Cup with the Pittsburgh Penguins, but I'm not sure how much he can be a player that you can rely upon. Like that just seems well, to be the missing link here. 
No, no. I, I mean, I, I think he's a guy who gives you depth. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he just becomes Matt Hunwick. Is it like for like that replacement for you? Uh, a little bit. I, I mean, Hunwick might be a titch better than than, uh, than Hazy, but at the same time, Hazy's cheaper. Sure, and, and that's and it's just two years, three million dollars, but. I guess the only argument about spending your salary cap or some of the money that you had that way is that you're still looking for that top four defenseman, right? And, and right, that's... But, you're not, but you're not going to get him in free agency. There's, there's nobody, there's no unrestricted free agent this year on defense. I mean, what's really interesting is the summer of 2019, Eric Carlson, Drew Doughty, and Oliver Ekman Larson are all unrestricted. And that's the time you want to keep yourself flexible. That's, that's when you want to have some flexibility. You want to have some cash and be able to do it. But I mean, if if the Leafs are looking to make a trade for a for a top four defenseman, it's not cheap. And I can tell you, you know what Anaheim's asking for Sammy Vatnin is a bona fide player off the roster. They want a player off the roster, and it's and it's got to be a good. one. And I just wonder who that player can be. Like the Maple Leafs have a glut of wingers. And the Anaheim Ducks would probably like another top six forward on their team. Yeah. If JVR isn't their flavor, who would be? You know what I mean? Like I, I know that I know that the well, Maple's would they ask for D Leonard? They they probably ask for him and not get him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's a non starter. Right. So I mean and the problem with JVR is one year left in the deal. So Anaheim's probably looking for someone, you know, younger and under contract longer. Sure. Sure, and then you got to mix and match pieces, but the premium, I mean, you'll be paying the price no matter what, and you oh, need I to mean, make sure you're bringing in the right guy. Right, so I mean, that, that's the question. The key question for Toronto is how do you get that defenseman? Right. How do you do it? And, and there's no easy answer to that. There, there's, it's hard to find those guys. They rarely become free agents. Um, when they do, you pay through the nose for them. Um, so... It's it's either wait for free agency or surrender something that you have in abundance and make the deal. So you go back to what Edmonton did last year, you know, trading Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, right? So, I mean, that, you know, is an overpayment by Edmonton. If you look at the value of Hall versus the value of Larson, but that just tells you how valuable defensemen are. Right. You, you have to overpay. So in saying that, and I believe the Maple Leafs have improved a little bit through these three signings. Not a lot, but a little bit. When you look around the rest of the Atlantic and what's going on, I mean, have, does any team really jump off the page to you where you can say, man, they're doing some really good things. They're going to be a dangerous team come this new season. Or is it kind of like the Leafs are still very much part of that group, very much in the conversation, keeping up with the Joneses here? Well, I think, you know, if you look at Tampa, it had Tampa's just stood pat and not that anything. I mean, I mean, Tampa's going to be better than it was last year. So the, the Lightning aren't going to lose four centers to injury again in all likelihood in, in one season. Three in one game. Um, so I, I think Tampa will be better. I think Florida will be better. Um, and so, I mean, Toronto made the playoffs in the last week of the regular, last weekend of the regular season. So, I mean, they are. They should. Toronto should be better next year as well. Another year for Barter, another year for Matthews. They're more experienced. So yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know. There's a clear cut favorite in the Atlantic, but at the same time, who would you be willing to bet your house on is going to make the playoffs in that division? I, I'd who, go with Tampa first, and then but, right, man, but oh man! Last, but they missed last year. Exactly. Like you're you're saying that you're saying they're sure fire, but they missed last year. Yeah. 
you know, is it Montreal? Well, you know, the Canadians have lost some key pieces. Yep. Yep. It, I think the division's wide open, which kind of suggests and speaks to the fact that maybe this move and overpaying Marlow to a certain degree was worth the risk. Well, I, worth- I, yeah, but I would say this, Gareth. I mean, overpaying is a relative term. It depends how much cap room you have. You know, if this, if this was uh, Chicago doing it, yeah, they were overpaying. They would have the cap room, and, and it, would, it would put them in a bind. This doesn't really put Toronto in a bind. They'll find a way out of this in the third year if they have to. But they're not overpaying. They, they have the space. They can afford to do it. Right. It's just I I didn't think that a player like Marlowe would fetch that kind of dollar, or at least annual cap hit. And what, what's what's the saying heading into free agency weekend, Gord? Just don't pick up your phone. Don't make that phone call because you're going to make a deal that you regret. Well, and, you know, and a lot of you know, and if you look at it, I mean, by definition, I mean, let's look at some of the big free agent signings from last year: Milan Lucic in Edmonton, Louis Erickson in Vancouver. If you put those players on waivers right now, would, would anyone take them? Ooh, I don't know. Good, by, by, good definition, by definition, by getting them, you've paid more than anyone else was willing to pay, for, for the most part. So, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of mistakes are made in free agency, and they show up right away, and it's hard to get out of them now because you're married to the contracts. But the Leafs aren't long on any of these players. Great. They, they, didn't, they didn't go long at them, so they should be okay. Right. Great stuff, Gord. You're a gentleman and a scholar. Usually you're in studio at this time. Is it weird not seeing your mate, Andy Petrillo? Well, you know, I think I caught her cold, so no. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Now you're on the shelf and the weather's just finally turned. <clears throat> I know. You know, it's Murphy's Law happens that way. Gord, really appreciate your time. Uh, all the best this summer. Thanks for chiming in. Thanks, sir. Gord Miller, the voice of TSN Hockey at G Miller TSN. Um, so Gord doesn't believe that the Maple Leafs overpaid and um, explained the 35-plus contract very well. You just can't get rid of it. The lower salary he will be paid in his third year makes him a more tradable asset for teams trying to get up to the cap floor because he comes with that AAV of 6.25, and that's not going anywhere. So the Maple Leafs or someone else will have to deal with that. I just get uncomfortable when you sign a new player and you're already having that conversation, well, what do you do in the third year? You know, th- that's not a good way to start the relationship. There's a, there's a ton of texts, emails, tweets that have come in on this. Uh, continue to send them in. This is your show, Toronto. Uh, the text is 105050, the email live at tsn1050.ca, at Wheeler TSN on Twitter. And the phone lines are open, 416-870-1050, 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. Are you with Gord? What do you think? Does, does age matter in the case of these three players? And how much have the Maple Leafs improved? 416-870-1050 and toll free at 1-855-591-6876. This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050. will get you out of your Carly's today. It's easy as pie. A piece of cake, avoid penalties, and early termination fees. Visit leasebusters.com. The American tunage. Like, there's a ton of choices for American music to add to our list. We'll pay homage to America the good to close out the show. Send the best American exports. 
the best things to come out of the U.S., whether it's a person, a product, a movement, a concept, an idea, send it our way at Wheeler TSN. The text is 105050. The email live at tsn1050.ca. And we'll pay tribute to our neighbors to the south of us. Neil hit me up. Duty-free beer. Is that quintessentially American? Or is that a shared endeavor between Canada and the U.S.? Duty-free beer. It's decent. It's good. A lot of cans. I can wrap my head around duty-free beer. I just don't know if that's an American concept or a Canadian idea. We'll check in on that, our list coming up at around 12.45 today. This is Toronto Today. Gareth Wheeler with you. Blue Jays and Raptors talk coming up in the next hour of the program. The Blue Jays, I'm going to share with you what their lineup was last night, starting this quote-unquote crucial series in the Bronx. It was pretty gross. Not very good at all. And is there anyone on this Blue Jays team who's untouchable via trade? This comes up because Buster Olney on Naylor Landsberg uh, this morning threw out a name who is garnering some interest across, across Major League Baseball. If I'm the Blue Jays, I don't trade him, but perhaps he's not untouchable. We'll tell you who and what in a few moments' time. And as for the Toronto Raptors, the, the big basketball story yesterday was Kevin Durant reportedly taking less money to re-up with the Gold State Warriors. Well, Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka gave the Raptors discounts in terms of years. Not dollars, but years. What makes more sense? Is one more advantageous than the other? Less money or less years on a contract in the NBA? Eric Kareen from the Athletic Toronto will join us at around 12.30 today. Uh, I, I wanted to kind of put a bookend on your, on your Leafs thoughts and topics. I think Joel... Brings up a really good point. Joel from Niagara hits me off. He's like, yeah, we get that Marlowe is overpaid in his opinion and that he's old. But the question we need to ask is, would you have rather have old man Marlowe play with Matthews or can't score Hyman? Which is maybe a little bit harsh on Zach Hyman, but there's some truth buried in it as well. Would Austin Matthews have been better off last year without a Hyman? Perhaps. But I raised the question, like, how is Mike Babcock going to use a Patrick Marlowe? Dave Poulin guessed it on Naylor Landsberg this morning, suggested, well, Marlowe may end up playing beside a Nazem Kadri. That may be better for the team. Instead of a Leo Komarov on the left, maybe you play a Patrick Marlowe with him. Let's see how it shuffles out. But in theory, yes, Marlowe is an upgrade. That's undeniable. I'm hoping he proves me wrong. It's, it's just that age matters. And, and that's just the point that needed to be drilled home. We oftentimes just get obsessed with names. Oh, look, there's a name. I know him. This is going to work out for the Maple Leafs. It doesn't always happen. Someone else sent me up. Terrible deal. 38, come on. We'll take away younger players' ice time. Trust has gone out the window. Put that money where it should have gone. And it should have gone to the blue line. That text coming into 10-50-50. Mitch saying Marlowe isn't, isn't signed to improve and build on his potential. He was signed to produce at the consistent level. He has shown and demonstrated to young players on how to grow and improve. Like, is he a coach or is he a player? And who's to say he's going to be able to produce on a consistent level? He played in San Jose with Thornton, with Pavelski, with Couture in a very good system and setup, 
out there in San Jose. Just expecting him to come here and maintain or produce the exact same thing at the age of 38, I think it, it's a little bit of a stretch. Look, if he can make this team better over the next two years, I'm all for this deal. I don't care what you paid him. As long as, one, the Maple Leafs keep their flexibility to add on the back end, which they desperately need, and two, he does, in fact, continue to produce at a rate that he has been in recent years. But there's no guarantee on either of those. None. Things change in the NHL so quickly. Players go from good to falling off a cliff just like that, especially during the latter stages of their career. This is why veteran older players are finding less and less opportunity in this league. Marlowe, yes, he can skate right now. Can he skate a year from now? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it won't matter. Maybe the Maple Leafs accomplished something really great this year. And Marlowe is an integral part of it. That's what I hope happens. But just to ignore the age, it, it, it just wouldn't be sincere in having the conversation about what this deal means for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I wanted to hit on Jeannie Bouchard as well. Perhaps we'll find some time in the next hour. I know she's not quintessentially Toronto, but she was Canada's best hope at Wimbledon. She flaked out yet again. And some of her post-match comments left a bad taste in my mouth as Jeannie Bouchard continues to struggle. I raised the question, what is she? Is she more of a model and an icon and a pop culture figure, or is she an athlete? We'll get into that in the next hour as well. But Blue Jays baseball coming up shortly after 1 p.m. in the Bronx. Gregor Chisholm will check in next. We'll talk blisters, and we'll talk about rebuilds. That's all coming up. Gareth Wheeler with you. This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050.